I read that quote from Mark Twain saying, well, I think the secret of success is getting started. And uh, the secret of getting started is breaking down a complex problem into, into smaller steps. I've been just asking myself what mm -hmm. what direction are we taking this talk or this this podcast episode and and I think I finally found it and it's kind of like digital minimalism mm. what it does for creatives Adam JK had a really good post a while back about how because so many people are using Instagram and social media for business now like you and I yeah. He was telling people like if you are your friend is on Instagram and they're using it for their work, like you can unfollow them if if what they're posting, like you don't want to see like sponsored posts or, you know, more business stuff. It would be the equivalent of like you don't have to go to work with your friends. You don't go to work with your friends. Yeah. And so you control what comes into your feeds. Yeah, now I don't see following someone and like liking their work or them as a person as being synonymous. I used to see it that way. And I don't know if you have different thoughts. Obviously, if you unfollowed me like tomorrow, I'd be, I'd be like, oh, but I also don't know if I'd notice because I don't have any notifications or I don't check when people unfollow me. What do you think? It's interesting. I, so, so number one is, do you always get asked like, Hey, can you please follow me? Like follow my work. So like random people that would just ask you to follow them. So for them, it's really important that you would follow them. And, and so from that perspective, mm -hmm. like my, some, some friends of mine, they asked me, um, like, why aren't you following me? I'm like, well, this is my business account. Like, yes, of course I'm, I'm on there privately. I don't, I'm not sure if I would use Instagram if I, if I was like, if I, if I stopped using Instagram now or like stopped doing this for a business, I think I would just simply quit Instagram, um, because it's, mm. Like it's taxing on you. You're spending way too much time on it. But from totally. a business side, like growing a business, growing a community, especially, that's great. And I would miss that part, like the community part. So I use it especially for that. I don't follow my mm -hmm. parents nor my sister or brother. <laughs> Your or, parents have an Instagram? They do. My dad actually <gasps> did a lettering piece um, on his surface. And stop. And he's, yeah, I'm, I'm so proud of him doing that. So that's really fun. So he he's actually that. like super supportive of of what I I get to do. For for one time he actually was my accountant, but also he always dreamt of being a graphic designer. So that was kind of the most beautiful thing for him to see like his son, his like my mm -hmm. brother, my uh, his older son, he uh, became a graphic designer, then switched businesses or switched industries, uh, but still creative. And, and I get to do kind of like drawing letters and he loves that. And so I was just, it was a good moment. My sister also does some lettering, so which is also really fun. I actually do follow her. That's amazing. But, but yeah. yeah, I mean, in terms of people that I follow, the same thing with friends. I follow, you know, some of my friends just because my Instagram started as a personal account, yeah. like back in 2013. Yeah. I didn't, my Instagram was not for business or lettering until maybe a year after right. that. Like I was posting like, what I'm cooking, like just random pictures of New York, like just whatever I felt like. Cause you know, when you're figuring out a platform, you're just kind of posting whatever. And you can always go back and clean that up, of course, which I have. But if anyone's bored, if you scroll all the way back, there are some, still some personal things there. Yeah. There's this really creepy photo of this one time I got a banana in my bunch of bananas that had two bananas in one peel. That is, I've never seen that. That's fun. It is freaky. <laughs> 
If you just actually, after we're done recording, I want you to Google double banana and then text me. <laughs> I'm like, go on a computer right now. That actually looks like a cute banana, like cuddled up in one, one peel. <laughs> Um, but yes, no, I mean, yeah. people, it is kind of a social faux pas now, like people expect you to follow them if they're, if you're friends, but I think it, yeah, it's understandable, like more and more people, especially in the creative world are using their Instagrams for business, like either all business, part business, part personal. I think that's why a lot of creatives will have a second account that's just for personal yeah. stuff. And I've personally chosen not to, because I don't want to be on my phone that often. And for me, like I got off of Facebook maybe six months ago. Um, I'm, you can still see my profile, but basically I hacked it where I realized I was just logging into Facebook and of course the algorithm set up to give you stuff you want to click on, right? <laughs> and so I was just wasting time and I realized I have no self-control. This is not working. So I unfollowed all of my friends on Facebook and no one gets a notification. It's fine. I told all my close friends that I was going to yeah. do this anyways. Because um, there's an assumption sometimes that, oh, did you see what I posted on Facebook? Oh, did you see what I posted on Instagram? Like, I'm not checking my friends' Instagrams mm -hmm. all the time. Like, it's such a weird passive feed and the algorithm may or may not show it to you. Uh, so I figured that, like, my close friends will catch up and we'll stay in touch regardless of social media. Like, we text each other. We'll call each other. We'll still see each other. Sure, you know, there are some people that it's nice to keep up with what they're doing, especially if they're doing art too. Mm -hmm. I like I like that. And I'd say my Instagram is like 90% business, maybe 10% personal. But I do know a lot of artists who have a separate personal account just yeah. to follow their friends or post whatever yeah. they want because it does your Instagram can take on a life of your own sometimes where you get into your niche, you find your following, like it feels really good, but then at, at the same time, it feels constraining. You're like, oh, wait, but I've picked my niche and like, I can't post this travel photo or I can't post this thing that mm -hmm. feels off brand. And so mm -hmm. I can see that's how some people feel. That's why some people feel the need to have a second account. And that's cool. Um, mm -hmm. I just can't do it. <laughs> yeah, I'm just thinking while I was doing um, leading a creative team at church mm -hmm. for a couple of years, like as as someone who leads, I wasn't, I didn't want it to, to take up too much of their work and, and kind of like make it my own. So that's kind of the easier way is like to fix everything that other people are doing. So what I focused on was to like find a new passion, like a new creative outlet. And that's where kind of the, uh, the whole Instagram thing, the lettering thing kind of took over was because I was leading a team. I suddenly had that time to like, I needed to, to, to vent and to make something in that time mm -hmm. and now that I'm doing this full time I don't have this I feel like either I don't have this desire of like finding another outlet so mm -hmm. the the passion project as you are doing I feel like I'm not sure if I would have the, the energy to do that but you turn your passion project into to Instagram account sometimes as well and and I feel through that you can actually create more content or like instead of staying in your niche try to find like new ways to 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 put it out and to get people to like just that and not follow you and then suddenly like oh you're into pian cuisine or you're into the wtf um uh, the word generator or uh, quote generator mm -hmm. and and so that allows people to just like oh you know what i love every project and they'll follow every single one of them mm -hmm. so 
to come back to to your question, how do I see like what happens if if you unfollow someone close? Like if I would unfollow you or you would unfollow me, I think my first reaction would be why? And and kind of thinking of like, am I speaking of things that are not so close? Is like something wrong? Is is my style not appealing to you anymore? Am I not inspiring you? And and I guess for a lot of people, closer people that I follow who would get that, who suddenly are like, why isn't he following me anymore? I'm like, like there there might be a whole different reasons. It could be I just want to reduce my my following list to just five. Mm-hmm. And you just did make the cut. It's not about you. It's like how could you make the cut between 500 people to five right or like even one guy i know he went down to zero because he just spends time scrolling down his feet and that's the only reason he wanted to unfollow yeah. everyone mm-hmm. so that's my my take is like would you how would you feel about someone unfollowing you well i was gonna say i wonder if there's like etiquette around that someday that like will be put in place of you have to like let someone know if you're close to them that you're unfollowing them kind of, i don't know kind of like instagram has a really great feature yeah um like unsubscribing like instagram has a feature i think you can mute people so you don't unfollow them you just yep. don't see them in your feed um and i've done that to a handful of people i will not name names um <laughs> but you can easily unmute other people yep. because you should be in control of what comes into your world and what you see. Cause I joke about it a lot, but it's, it's so easy for me to open up my phone in the morning and check my email and then check Instagram and spend 30, 40 minutes just scrolling through. And so I stopped doing that. That's not a great way for me to start my day. So I've been sleeping with my phone in the kitchen. So I don't have it next to me and I can't do that. And yeah. it's, honestly been life-changing. I feel like I got my mornings back and I start my day with a with a clear head and clear eyes versus having consumed like a hundred pieces of someone else's work yep. before I even sit down at my desk. So it's been really calming. <laughs> I should follow some of that advice. There's this quote that says like, uh, create before you consume. Mm, I like that. And I like, I, like the, I like the idea of like, you know what, you start off the day with like, putting something on your on like on your paper or however your creative outlet is and and then you start consuming like you consume at the end of the day and for me that's been like sometimes you just don't feel like it but there are a lot of things you just don't feel like it so that's that's not an excuse really to say well do that now for me it's 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 been kind of the um always having your phone next mm-hmm. to you so I, I don't put it in the kitchen, but I have a uh, bedside table. Well, not bedside table, like the uh, um, the counter where I have like my t- television that's in front yes, of my like bed. Yes, like the TV console. That's what I think we call it here. Yeah, exactly. States. Yeah. So I put it on there. So I have a charging station nice. there. And so that's why I have to put it back there and at least a couple of feet away from me. So the hardest thing then becomes at in the evening when you want to put down your phone, it's like you keep it by your side for a very long time until you're like, all right, I have to go to bed. I'll put it back. And that can take forever to happen, which makes you go to bed. Oh, slave. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, one thing I started doing this year, I've been, I'd say I have like an 80% success rate. I've been leaving my laptop at the studio and just going home. Yeah. Which uh, for, sometimes for, I bring it if I'm like, oh, I really have to do something, but yeah, because um, I remember before we we break we left for uh, you know the holiday break, 
I remember talking with you saying that I was going to leave my laptop at home uh, when we went on vacation and I did, and it was amazing. And so I think that was the catalyst for me being like, wait, I don't have to have my technology with me all the time. It's just so easy, especially because I don't know if you have a desktop computer at the studio or you just work on your laptop, but Tom and I both just have our laptops for work and for personal use. And so it's really hard to separate. Like Mm -hmm. when I open my laptop and I just want to go and, you know, buy some almonds online or something, I don't know, look at, look at stuff online. Uh, My work emails also, I know it's just a click away. I know all my business stuff um, is still right there if I want to check on it. And I think that's the, I heard a comedian, um, I think his name was, oh, what is it? Rodney Chang. Uh, he was talking about how in 50 years, I wonder if we're ever going to look back and be like, I can't believe we just let people use the internet freely. Like we gave kids the internet, like they can look up anything they want. Yeah. Like- <laughs> One of the things that I feel I need to do soon, very soon is to uh, fast like Netflix and all the television stuff. Because I remember the last time I was in this in this uh, zone where it's just like, I feel like I'm not productive. Um, and a friend of mine just said like, well, you should stop watching Netflix. And I'm like, what about Netflix? Do you watch a lot of TV? I you do. don't strike me as someone who watches a lot of TV. Really? I do. Huh. I find time to do that. I don't know why. What do you like? <laughs> What are your uh, right, What are your shows of choice <laughs> right now? Well, I've watched pretty much anything that I can find that I felt interested in, um, and I watch a lot of TV shows. So, like, I usually binge watch on Saturdays when I have my day off. I usually binge watch a whole season of whatever is new or whatever I can find that is interesting. And so nice. that's that's pretty much what I've been doing for years and years and years. It's kind of like drawing and watching, drawing and watching at the same time. Mm-hmm. I stopped doing that for for different reasons. Now again, I'm like. I remember that I really loved doing that for, like, I, I just enjoyed being able to draw and watch television shows. Now that's great content to consume, but it's it's also been just one mechanism to to quiet the voice inside your head where it's like the self-doubt, the self-criticism and all that stuff that goes on while you're drawing. And you're like, because you have so much time to think, your your mind goes into overdrive and overthinks everything. And that's not just not good. So watching TV has helped me a lot doing that. Right now, sometimes I just like rather enjoy sitting on my bed. And I I don't know why I bought a big TV for, for my bedroom. It was probably the bed, like the worst uh, idea ever or worst decision I've, I've made in a long time. But like I wanted a big TV in front of my bed. And when I came home from Colombia and I had like this big TV projector in my hotel room, I was like, man, this this feels so great. I want that at home too. And so I bought it and now I've been watching way too much stuff on it and that's gonna where say, if you like, want to take it to the next level you should mount the tv on the ceiling so you can just lay down <laughs> i'm kidding i know you're trying uh, to break the habit i've heard mixed reviews on having a tv in the bedroom and like mostly from what i've heard from people is it's really hard to not watch a lot of tv when it's in the bedroom so yeah. they i've had friends who would will move their tv somewhere else afterwards yeah. but it really depends because you know, I, I stay at a lot of hotels when I travel for work. It's nice watching TV in bed. It is. Back to the point of, you know, digital minimalism. Mm-hmm. And for those of you listening, Stefan and I are not perfect. You know, we oh. are talking about things that when it comes to technology and digital things that work for us, that don't work for us, that we 
know aren't good for us and we're trying to kind of wean ourselves off of. I think that we're always, you know, works in progress, hence the name of this podcast in the first place. Because it's one thing to know what you want to do. And, you know, if I want to be on my phone less or I don't want to bring my laptop home, doesn't mean it's going to happen the second I decide that, hey, that's something I want to stop doing. Mm -hmm. Habits are really hard to break. We've talked about habits before. And usually for me, it either just takes small little steps to like wean myself off the habit or just enough conviction or being fed up with something, realizing that it's not, you know, serving me or my creativity Mm -hmm. for me to just put it down. It's actually been relatively easy for me to sleep with my phone in another room. I thought it was going to be hard. And Mm -hmm. for me, it's just, I've got, I've it's been what, 14 days, 15 days now. We're halfway through the month. So what, I'm I'm halfway through the 30 days it takes, right? To form a habit. I hope that from now on, I'll be a non-bedroom phone sleeper. Because similar to what we talked about with laptops, when I'm on my phone, I might check Instagram to see what, you know, just to check for fun, right? For leisure. But then it becomes, it turns my work brain on because Instagram is part of what I do for work too. Yeah. So recognizing your, your like work brain triggers, or at least for me have been really helpful in trying to relax and calm my mind. Like even, you know, Tom and I take Saturdays off too, um, which is, I love that we all take the same day off. It's really great. And it's really restorative. It's nice to relax, to sleep in, to do whatever Mm -hmm. you want. But even let's say if I'm cooking right on a Saturday, I'm making bread I'm relaxing. And I'm like, oh, I want to listen to a podcast. Mm-hmm. I can't put on like a businessy podcast or else my work brain turns on. Oh, okay, and so yeah. I listen to things about psychology or I listen to things about food or, um, you know, economics. My, my, lately, I've been getting into economics podcasts because they're interesting to me. I feel like I'm almost 30. That, that sounds right, <laughs> right in line with what's supposed to happen. Uh, but if I turn on, you know, even something like one of my favorite podcasts, like How I Built This, really inspiring. Yeah. I can't do that on a Saturday because then my brain starts going on like, how am I building my thing? <laughs> well, the um, I just stumbled upon a podcast. It's called uh, Business Wars by... Oh, uh, I've never heard of it. Wondery. Business Wars by Wondery. It's a brilliant podcast. It's kind of like listening to to a movie uh, playing like they've made it really well. It's a story that they tell. And it's like two businesses opposing each other, like Adidas versus Nike. Um, There's uh, I just listened to DC comics versus Marvel and kind of like how like DC was the giant was Goliath and and Marvel was David, like trying to, to, to battle up the stairs and kind of like win over one by one. And suddenly they become the giant and they slaughter Goliath and they become this, monstrosity of of a franchise and and just the way like it's a six-part series six episodes 20 25 minutes so so well done very interesting that's so interesting and that sounds super entertaining i just had a thought that like it's interesting you brought that up and you know i that sounds like it'd be super entertaining it's kind of the opposite though of how i guess we in the creative community are like community over competition. Like there's room for all of us mm-hmm. kind of get that, like a, you know, Adidas, Nike, Burger King, McDonald's thing feels a little bit more like fighting for the crown per se. Cause they're pretty much the same yeah. businesses selling the same products to the same audience. True. But yeah, very, <laughs> very interesting podcast. Definitely worth listening to. And so when you listen to that, do you find, you know, back to our original conversation, do you find that that 
turns that business brain on or yes. in a good way, maybe. I was just thinking that because one of the first things that I do usually on Saturday mornings, mm-hmm. watching a lot of YouTube, but not just like YouTube videos from creators, more of like CNBC um, mm. YouTube video about like, why does, why did Tesla fail in this, in this country or like I always stuff click like that. on those. I try to stay off of YouTube too, because there's so, it's so easy to like yeah. get into a click hole, but I've watched a ton of those. They're really interesting. Exactly. And so, and then I've listened to like one time I watched like the New York times conference, something with all the different uh, company um, CEOs and founders of like Uber, stuff like that. And it's just super interesting and entertaining to like to learn from them. And so I always wonder, like, am I actually relaxing or am I just like teaching myself while I'm on a break, um, which is not the, the, the idea of taking a break. But what I thought about your thing about the laptop, if you create a different account, like a private account on your laptop, so you log out of your business account, you log into your private account and suddenly you change the laptop. Well, you're right. There's no Photoshop. There's no Illustrator. There's just, whoa. You know what's funny? I never even thought of that as an option because I'm so used to just logging into my one account. That is really interesting. I forgot that, you know, growing up, we had one family computer and we all had different like logins and stuff. Whoa. Those were the days. Those were the days. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's an interesting way to do it. Um, Cause yeah, I know, you know, it used to be kind of old school to have like your business phone, like your business cell phone and personal cell phone. Well, you had like your landline before and that could be interesting to try to make a separate account. I like that. You know what? I'm going to do that tonight. And I think I'm going to get a, my second phone, my second iPhone, my old iPhone and get Mm -hmm. that for my, my days off. So I get to move my SIM card and then just use all, like I'm still reachable for, for people Mm -hmm. who text me and call me, but I'm not on Instagram. I don't have these accounts that could work. Yeah. That was actually one thing that uh, while we were in Belize over the holidays for those 10 days, I didn't do this, but Tom did it and he really liked it. He took his, he took all social media and his email app off of his phone. Yeah. And that really helped him because he's more of like a chronic email checker, whereas I'm not because I have like 50,000 unread messages from like, it's just from signing up from mailing lists. (laughs) I know I'm that person who you see, like people who like to do inbox zero or who are more organized, see my phone and just like die a little bit inside. And I'm trying to become more organized this year. It's on my list of things to do. I've been cleaning off my desk more. It still doesn't work half the time. I just, I'm, I'm naturally inclined to be messy, but one thing I'm trying to do for this year is not buy into that narrative of, oh, I'm messy. So that's how it's always going to be. I really like of how you have two separate workspaces, one for computer work and one for drawing. And you've inspired me. I think I'm going to order another desk this week and set it up in the corner. And that'll be like drawing crafts, painting, like it can get messy. I can leave my supplies out. You know, that's the creating play desk. Yeah. And then my computer, you know, computer desk can be a little cleaner and that's where I do business. And, you know, the same way we talk about curating a beautiful studio space with, you know, your favorite art or a mural or, you know, natural light, whatever, whatever does it for you to get into your best creative space you know, I think the same thing, you're right. It, the same thing goes with our desks and like the physical space, the corners of the space we occupy. 
setting those boundaries I heard can be can be good for your state of mind. And so I'm hoping the second desk does that for me too. Because I still feel creative at my at my one desk that I do everything on, but I think it'd be nice to have a separate space and maybe I'd feel even more creative. Uh, my good friend, uh, Ade, have you met Ade at Letter mm-hmm. West? Yeah. Ade Hogue. Um, he said that he read a really good thing and this is what he does to get creative. He said, when it comes to creative habits, uh, you're supposed to kind of do a self-analysis and you try to think back to and then pay attention to in the future when you feel you're most creative and make notes about everything about the situation. So what time of day is it? What are you wearing? What's Mm -hmm. playing on the speakers? What did you, did you eat? Did you just eat something? Is there a candle burning? Mm -hmm. Make a note of that environment. And, you know, after a couple of weeks, see if there's any overlap of like, oh, you know, I'm wearing my favorite blue shirt or like Mm -hmm. Beyonce is always playing or, you know, this gets me into a good creating mood. And then anytime you need to work on a brief or be more, you want to be more creative and productive, you recreate that scenario and it's supposed to help. Those are like triggers Mm -hmm. in your mind, the environmental triggers that are supposed to help you be your most creative self. And he does that. And he said it works really, really well for him. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I need to I need to check that out. I need to figure out mm-hmm. how I can do that. One of the things that I've started doing uh, at the end of the year last year was um, to actually start running in the morning. Like first thing up, like get up, go out, go run. Were you an evening runner before or just kind of anytime? Kind of like anytime but the morning. Um, like <laughs> I hated the morning and I hated like going out with an empty stomach and so on. Like just terrible feeling. And so when I, when we went to South of France, uh, to Bordeaux, uh, a friend who we drove down together, he, he like said, like asked, like, like he's super into sports and super energetic. And, and he asked me if I want to come run. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Like, of course, like I want to be active. I want to be fit. I want to be a fit person. And so, so he, uh, showed me Oh, he actually set the alarm in the morning, got up, and then he was waiting at the doors uh, just as I was like still laying in bed. And I looked at him and I'm like, oh, no, please, please don't tell me that we're going out for a run. It's freezing outside. <laughs> and he just like stares at me and is like waiting. And I'm like start to get up and just like without thinking, just put on my clothes, my, my sports uh, stuff, and then put on my shoes and we get out and we start running. And then we come back and we're, I feel great. I read that quote from Mark Twain saying, well, I think the secret of success is getting started. And uh, the secret of getting started is is breaking down a complex problem into into smaller steps and then starting with the first one. So mm. with running, kind of like if you want to make the habit of running, don't set running as the habit. Set like in the night before, before I go to bed, I'll set out all my clothes and I'll like put it right on my bed. Um, so when I get up, the first thing that I do is just I put on the clothes, nothing more, nothing less. I just have to put on these clothes. And, and that's kind of the first thing that I need to do. And so every time I wake up in the morning on, on a cold morning, and especially now where it's still dark outside, you're like, I don't want to go out. I don't want to go out. I, well, definitely don't want to go out for a run. And I'll just tell myself, you know what? I just have to put on my clothes. I put on my clothes and then we'll see. I, I can still take them off again, but then I already got them on. I was like, all right, now I just, I just put on my shoes. And the next thing is like, mm-hmm. all right, let's just go downstairs and let's go out and put on some music. And as soon as you're putting some music mm-hmm. and then you're like, all right, let's, let's just start running for like two minutes. 
five minutes. We can always turn back whenever we want. And then before you know it, better than a zero minute run. Exactly. But as soon as you're in for five minutes, you're like, ah, you know what? I just keep going. And so I've been doing that, like trying to do that every morning. But there's like some morning where it's just like there's something else on, on the agenda. Still out of what today is the 14th of January. Um, in the first 14 days of the year, I think I ran more than eight times. Wow. Or nine times. That's really good. Yeah. So I'm That's a really good like, track record. So the same. And now I've asked myself, like now pretty much everyone who's listening is asking themselves, like, what does this have to do with creativity? Well, the great thing about that is creativity is the exact same thing. Start preparing the evening before. Prepare your desk. Prepare whatever you need to do. Like if one of the things that I find I struggle with is what do I write? What do I draw on? Like if I don't have a quote that I have to work on, I'm not going to do it. Or I'm, I'm going to search for it and it's going to take me longer. And so right, if, if I, you don't lay it out the night before, exactly. you might spend the first 30 minutes of the next day searching and then you yeah. become discouraged and then exactly. you are just like, I'll do it another, another exactly. time. Exactly. And so mm-hmm. put that out in the evening, like you'll put down a quote, uh, write down a quote, put down a piece of paper, a pen, whatever you need. And the next morning when you get up, you start drawing on that. Or if you come back home from work, if, if you go to work first, like do it before you go to work, put it up so that when you come home, the first thing you see on your desk is that piece of paper. It's everything is set ready for you to just sit down. And then you just make the habit of saying, all right, I just got to sit down. I just got to pick up the pen and I just got to sharpen the pencil and, and I just got to start drawing a line like or just one letter of that word. Don't have to do the full quote, just one letter. And then you keep doing and keep going and like, before you know it, you've finished your piece and you've learned something new and you've created something. And I wish I would do that every day. I <laughs> really wish. And I'm still trying to, to apply that to how to do YouTube videos. Like, how can I actually start doing YouTube videos? Like, trick myself into starting doing YouTube videos. Like, well, maybe I just pick up the camera and start pressing record. Maybe I don't know exactly what I say. That's okay. And so all these things, yeah. Learning how to kind of trick your brain into creating. And that's kind of like my thing been uh, with running is like tricking myself into running. And so that works really well. Yeah. You basically have to design systems where there's the least resistance possible. You have to give yourself a very clear path towards it. One thing that on that point you were making about habits, Stefan, that I learned recently um, on Hidden Brain too, great podcast, uh, is is to piggyback it onto another one that you already do. Yeah. And so you attach it to, let, let's say every morning without fail, you wake up and you make a cup of coffee. You like go straight to the coffee. Yep. That's, you go straight to the coffee me. when you wake up. Or maybe you go straight to the bathroom and like mm-hmm. go to the bathroom and like brush your teeth. You have, everyone's got some kind of morning routine just naturally, most yeah. likely. And what you could do, let's say if you always go straight to the coffee is put your running clothes next to the coffee. <laughs> and so you, you know, it's right there. Or if you go you know, you go straight to the bathroom in the morning and you are trying to take vitamins, for example, put a glass of water and your vitamins in the bathroom. So they're there for you. And you can piggyback habits. You can set up the environment where you're already using an existing habit to incorporate another one rather than starting a brand new one. She said that that's something that's been effective, um, the most effective thing across the map. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Digital or minimizing the amount of time we spend in front of screens. It's interesting too, because it's, this has been a good conversation because it's like tech is something that we need to run our businesses. And like you pretty much everyone needs Mm. to like, 
yeah, just participate in modern communication and society. And it's, it, there's a lot of great things about it, but at the same time, you know, humans are like, we're very bad at self policing Mm -hmm. and like setting limits and stuff. And so it's like a kid in a candy store, right? Like when you have your little tiny computer in your hand, your phone or, and your computer, uh, it can be too tempting to go down the rabbit hole of looking up anything you want to know. Um, you know, again, everyone jokes about having too many tabs open in their brain and on their laptops. Like that is part of the noise that having access to all of this awesome technology yeah. can create, especially in an artist's brain, um, because you're naturally curious and you're creative and that's a good thing. So like Stefan was saying, all of these things actually you know, why are we talking about them? Because we're talking about them in relation to your creativity and you actually sitting down and doing the work and making the art that you want to make. Um, tech can be super helpful in aiding with that, but it can also be uh, a little inhibiting too. Mm-hmm. And so it's always worth asking the question, even what do you guys think does it help you like to to work with digital devices? Mm-hmm. Do you feel like overpowered by them? Like we use a lot of iPad in our work. We use a lot of Photoshop and, and different tools to make our work happen. And, and since lettering is still kind of a handcrafted form, always got to find the right balance between using devices, finding the right time. Like I, I still love drawing on the chalkboard, on, on a wall, on paper, on different mediums, anything that will help me to create. And so that's why I have to switch between all these devices. But yeah, it's always a great question. What do you think? Do you think that digital devices are keeping you from creating? Are they helping you to create? Like if you go on Pinterest, find like new ideas, go on Instagram, find new inspiration. Let us know. Send us some comments. uh, Send us a voice note, whatever you think. Send us an email. There are so many ways you can get in touch with us and we'd love to hear from you about this episode, what you think. And yeah, I think that concludes the episode. Yeah, I think it does too. So yeah, I'd be curious to hear from someone who was like in in a space right now where they are trying to be off of tech for yeah. a while. Like I, I see a lot of people who are like, I just took a six month break from Instagram or like I'm back on Instagram. A lot of people for homework will post being like, hi, I'm back. This is my first post in you know a year or something. And yeah, I'd be curious. I, I mean, I don't know what would happen if we took a year off of Instagram and then came back to it. Who knows? Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed this episode and had a great time, uh, learned something new and maybe even be able to apply some of that into your own life. Tell us about it. We hope to see you next week for the next episode on Monday. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Striving Artist Podcast. If you enjoy this episode, we'd be so grateful if you shared it with a creative person in your life who would too. It would help us a lot if you could also rate, review, and subscribe to the Striving Artist Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and or SoundCloud. Since we're relatively new to podcasting, this helps to rank the show and get it in front of more striving artists out there. Oh, and one last thing. Stefan and I would love to hear from you. Believe it or not, we're both real people who read messages, so please feel free to send us an email, DM, or better yet, ask us a question via voice message on Anchor. We would love to hear from you. Head over to strivingartist.com for all of our contact info. We'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye.